You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. As always, my name is Paul. My name is Rob. Super glad to be uh, hanging out with you. Thank you for spending a few minutes of your day with us. Thank you for sending in those questions to ask droneu.com. That's what makes this show tick and uh, gets us excited as well. So thank you. Yeah, we've got a great question today kind of regarding uh, it's someone who has a very capable drone and lots of different uh, potential verticals that they could serve with that drone. And they're at a very early entry point and they're trying to discern what software is essentially that they would need to be able to perform certain tasks. And we've done a lot of shows on various softwares. We've done a lot of shows on getting into mapping, getting into thermal, getting into inspections. But we haven't done like a good organized synopsis of here are the flying skills that you'll need paired with the right softwares and then you could essentially go after these particular jobs. So we made a mind map. Uh, I've actually already posted it in the DroneU community. So if you're a DroneU member, you're probably already taking a look at this right now. Um, and I even had a new floating, I hope I uploaded the right one, a new floating um, part of the mind map discussing which jobs are kind of recurring revenue to help uh, all of you, whether you're intermediate experience or entry level, um, you know, really focusing on, you know, the 80-20 rule that 20% of your clients bring in 80% of the revenue, really focusing on that strategy, which verticals to service. So I've created this mind map and I've broken down various softwares for mapping, various softwares for thermal. It's probably not a complete list, frankly. Softwares for videography, photography, and then getting into kind of the general flight skills that you'll need to service these various industries. And then we break down which industries would work for which softwares. Um, and so I hope this kind of helps everyone organize a potential navigation or pathway for their career, for their business, for their augmentation of existing services. Um, and I will say that, uh, you know, I think that, Rob, we should do something a little bit more in the community with this and go further down the rabbit hole so that we don't get to soapbox status on this show. But <laughs> I think that this might be one of the best shows that we've done in, in some time. I'm, I'm excited about it. So, yeah, well, certainly if uh, adding value is part of that equation, that's uh, one good path here with this one. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And adding value and helping out people is really what fuels us to to uh, to do what we do. You know, having a skill, the greatest opportunity is to share that with other people and help them. And um, that said, that's also why we built the props program. If you are looking for a dedicated navigational pathway to get to a particular drone deliverable for your business, you might want to check out props flight school by drone you. This is a flight school that is very specific to not only helping drone teams and programs, but providing a coordinated and organized pathway of navigation through various courses to give pilots the skills that they need to pay the bills, but also to help them learn the software, the workflow, and what's needed to be able to get the job done consistently and reliably. That way you can create professional, reliable operators that practice safety. That is the props program, propsflightschool.com. 
Hello, Drone You. Uh, first and foremost, excellent platform. Your platform is the best platform that I have encountered as of yet pertaining to everything about the drone industry. I am looking to um, establish a, a business where I am offering photo services, video services, um, some inspections of, of roofing and maybe um, uh, utility lines at, at some point along with, with mapping. I was wondering if you guys could recommend any kind of software on the market that would aid me in uh, conducting uh, uh, s such work. I know you guys have, have mentioned the PX4D in the past. Uh, the PX4D um, it seems costly for me right now. So I was wondering if you guys could recommend any um, software on the market that's not as costly. Uh, two is that um, I also have a, a thermal uh, feature on, on my drone. And I was wondering if you guys can also recommend a software that would help me interpret the uh, data feed. Um, thank you and goodbye. Believe it, thank you very much for the question. Really appreciate it. It was a nice, detailed question. Sounds like you got a lot of cool stuff going on, and you're thinking big, which uh, I really like. And it sounds like you've got some good tools in your tool belt to accomplish the sort of things that you're thinking about. In terms of software, it's uh, you asked a lot, and so there's a lot of things going on, which prompted Paul mm -hmm. to kind of go off. I go off the rails. <laughs> no, it's great. I think uh, I, I think don't you're stay all... in my lane for more than five hundred yards. I don't know if I'd go five hundred. Really? Well, not on the roads. Well, on Wyoming the other day, it was about one hundred. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Smoked a Porsche Boxster. Made it. My... Never mind. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, that said, Felipe, really good question, and I also like your perspective and. It's no surprise, Rob, that people love flying drones because it's a job that gets them outside. You get some exercise. You get some sunlight. You know, you get to explore. You feel kind of like uh, you're on a safari. I mean, I think that's why a lot of people love flying drones. And it's a skill that is constantly challenging you to become better. And some people may not like that. I do. That said, uh, frankly speaking, I, I really like your perspective and I think that you've got a bright future in front of you. Now, in the show that we just recorded, we kind of talked about how the window for opportunity at a low cost is kind of coming to a close because of the drones that are available, the increased cost of software, the rate of inflation, the rate of M2 money supply in the United States. But I digress. Uh, <laughs> that said... That said, we have created this mind map and uh, hopefully our editors will throw this mind map up and we'll kind of go through it in quadrants. And so before I go into the softwares, I just want to say that when it comes to learning how to fly, a lot of people are looking kind of for introductory or confidence building exercises or advanced kind of flight exercises to make them better pilots, more confident and more capable. I think no matter which software that you're using, your capacity or propensity to provide certain deliverables does depend on your flight skills. 
And so just kind of like as I had briefly macro discussed various flight skills and the evolution therein on the last show, I do want to hit this really quick. So bottom right quadrant of this mind map, hopefully you guys are looking at it right now. If you're listening to the show as I think it's like 96% or 97% listen versus go on YouTube, um, you might want to actually watch this show. Uh, Again, if you're a Droney member, this mind map, I just posted into the community app. uh, So you should already be seeing it. That said, there are certain flight skills that empower your capability to take flight and provide certain deliverables. Most people are learning to fly consumer drones and typically they're taught line of sight. This is one reason I'm super proud of developing the Flight Mastery curriculum because for the last six years, it has gone through line of sight and FPV base flight tactics. We've gone over a lot of advanced exercises and the details and nuances of those exercises really push you as a pilot to gain more spatial awareness and more understanding of how to fly. Now, being a good consumer drone pilot typically comes down to your ability to take nice photos in a decent proximity to a subject. It also comes down to typically smooth sticks, smooth cinematography, etc. And a lot of people on YouTube and a lot of the new travel people think that their orbits with a little bit of tilt is a nice complex shot. And uh, well, here's the welcome wagon. It's really not that hard, especially with all the smart flight modes and whatnot. What really, really creates a, a, a powerful pilot that can sell themselves without telling, but rather showing, is someone who can really add multiple flight motions all into one to get really nice complex shots that maybe mimic a dolly and a crane and a slider all in one. But also it comes down to close proximity. If you can't fly close proximity, there's a lot of jobs that you're going to lose to other more capable pilots, which is why it's so important to master consumer drone line of sight kind of flight. But it also allows you to fly more adverse weather conditions, being able to create deliverables on days out of the week that other pilots simply can't and provide excuses to their clients. That said, the next evolution is going to be, you know, you flying FPV drones, getting those action sports shots, and then moving into Cinewhoop and micro drones so you can do fly-through videos, action sports, car commercials, film production, etc. Now that said... There are also heavy lift drones that are going to help you service things like drone delivery, film production, LIDAR, and more technically capable solutions, like also, you know, flying the new uh, UGCS sonar sensor that flies from an M600 hanging in the water. Yep, I said that right. That said, these flight skills are going to empower your capability to provide certain deliverables vis-a-vis these softwares. You might have softwares and learn these softwares, but unless you know how to fly to get in certain close proximity locations, I mean, even roof inspections, most people think residential commercial roof inspections don't really take a lot of uh, flight skill. I beg to differ. There's a lot of places, especially in the East Coast, mid-Atlantic, that you're having to fly, you know, between your subject and power lines or between your subject and, and trees or between your subject and a highway where you can't fly over moving cars and you got to position yourself just right. So maybe you're on the easement and not over the cars. All of these skills are going to empower your capability to use these softwares. So in an effort to just go right down uh, the line, we're going to start with mapping softwares. And I know it really bugged Rob on how the name of Pix4D was mentioned in the question. (laughs) 
No, it didn't. I'm, I'm just being <laughs> facetious. Um, but it's PIX 4D, and it's not a big deal. Not whatever. I mean, I used to, a lot of people call it PX4, PX4D. Just to make sure everybody knows what we're talking about. Yeah, I just want to clarify. Um, and again, Felipe, I really like the way you asked this question, so thank you very much. Now, you know, a lot of people know that we have a mapping class. We have a comprehensive mapping course, three days, acquisition, flight exercises, and software. And we still primarily teach that on Mapper. We recently expanded to include Drone Deploy, but we're going to be actually expanding that course at the Q3, Q4 of this year to include other softwares as well, taking it to a four or five day class, to include things like Optelos, to include things like Capture Reality, to include things like Bentley, because they offer a lot of tools that are very powerful in the industries that pay a lot more money than the low hanging fruit. So when it comes to cheap free software, the one that I left out on here um, I left it out on purpose was open drone map. A lot of people, they want to get started in photogrammetry. They use open drone map. Um, and it, it's a great basic software. The reason I don't recommend open drone map other than uh, essentially applying your point clouds on your website, which is a great use for it. Their internet GUI is amazing. But the reason I don't mention it is because sometimes you get familiar with their systems and you get familiar with their processes, and it can be very different when you go to more professionally-based softwares. So that's kind of why I'm like, pump the brakes. So that said, let's get started with the top PIX4D mapper. Why do we teach still primarily on mapper? In the past, we've said, well, it's technically the most accurate point cloud generation. That is still technically true. But there are other mapping engines and softwares that have really changed the game on formulas or formulaic acquisition of imagery, meaning you can get less photos at higher oblique angles and still acquire, you know, beautiful maps and models. But the number two reason that we still teach on Pix4D Mapper we do love Pix4D. They are constantly innovating. Their acquisition application also provides features that still no one has. Nobody. Uh, like free flight. If you're not familiar, free flight mode essentially takes the GPS information into account and allows people to conduct manual flight missions for 3D modeling, that type of acquisition, complex 3D models. It takes the GPS information, uses it, and uses that information to see how the drone moves to automatically trigger the shutter so you get the right amount of overlap and you don't have too few photos or too little photos. It's a really, really powerful tool. Now that said, we still teach on Pix4D Mapper because it offers the most deliverable options, the most flexibility for mappers to get their feet wet with orthos, uh, with topographical maps, with 3D models, with DSMs, DTMs, uh, volumetric calculations. I mean, there is so much that you can do in that software. There is still yet to be another software that offers as much as Pix4D Mapper, okay? Now, I know Pix4D has kind of pulled a DJI here, and um, they offer nuanced software suites for specific deliverables, Pix4D Survey, Fields, React, um, there's a lot of them now, Pix4D Inspect, which, by the way, we're going to also include instruction on that here shortly as well. To clarify on that, does Mapper do all those things? It's just those kind of pull out that function and make it more usable? 
Yes and no. Um, I say yes and no because like Pix40 Inspect has a much better algorithm for creating 3D textured meshes or the 3D models that we see on the internet. Than Mapper does. Yes. Okay. Um, but also the user interface for the cloud on Pix40 Inspect is superior mm. to the Pix40 cloud itself. Um, Which is a big deal. The easier it is to use, the better you can do with it. The easier you make it on your clients, the more they come back to you. Yeah. So convenience sells. If you don't believe that, I'm sorry. That said, Pix40 Mapper is expensive. It's about 300 bucks a month. Um, if you do come to a drone new class, we do give you access to an educational license for a short period of time. So you can have time to try out different stuff. And I feel like that's one of the biggest uh, value adds for our class. But moving down the line, there's Pix40 React, which is strictly for ortho mosaics. The only difference between Pix40 Mapper and React, well, is, is two or threefold. Number one, Pix40 React does not really allow for georeferencing of ortho mosaics. But we're seeing a lot of people in construction, public safety, roof inspections, and other types of inspections, event managers and management, conference management, using Pix40 React because they don't need the, you know, centimeter grade precision. They don't need, you know, a 3D model. They need a really high quality 2D map or an ortho mosaic that they can use, draw lines on, annotate, and share very easily. And Pix4D React is by far the cheapest and fastest methodology of creating rapid orthomosaics. The only issue is no georeferencing. So it's really on the pilot to have scale constraints, to ensure that you do a really good compass calibration, KP index is low. I mean, there's a couple of nuances that mappers would know um, or experienced mappers would know is important to really create the best quality data with React. Can you create orthomosaics with mapper? Yes, you can. It's the last step of the process, though. So it typically takes about 10x the amount of time to create an ortho with mapper than React. But React is cheap at about 30 bucks a month. That said, we've got Pix4D fields. This is great for agricultural-based mapping, but oh yeah, caveat, you can do that in Pix4D Mapper too. There are some tools and some advanced tools in Pix4D fields that does allow you to use multispectral sensors, thermal sensors, et cetera, to get multivariate deliverables, to have more data, to make more intelligent decisions. That said, let's move on to Optelos. Now, Optelos is a cloud-based software, and oftentimes during the mapping class, I tell everyone, look, guys, there's really three kinds of software. You've got desktop-based software, you've got acquisition software, it's typically a mobile application, and then you have an all-in-one software or a cloud-based software. Um, Optelos is a cloud-based software, but where Optelos really shines is in the organization and management of all your mapping missions, all of your data, and providing that in a seamless deliverable to your clients. So, you know, one of the questions that he asked is what about thermal applications? Thermal applications are, are really only going to help you maybe manipulate photos a little bit, maybe organize photos and provide a better seamless um, navigation for your data deliverables to your clients. 
Um, but Optelos is really going to provide uh, a, a more robust user experience. Um, even in, uh, I need to triple check that it can take thermal imagery. I don't know right now. I didn't have time to look that up before the show, nor did I think it was like absolutely crucial. But when it comes to Optelos, think of roofing inspections, think of cell tower inspections, think of utility inspections. This is going to really help you optimize the management and organization of thousands of photos to also help people inspect various elements, to click on a particular point and gain more data, more intelligence, et cetera. But let's move into some of the more 3D applications. Capture Reality is probably the best at an affordable price point. The workflow is a little bit more complex than Pix4D Mapper, but it's getting better and better. And it's really great for 3D modeling, but I would say lifelike 3D modeling. Things like the film industry. We have done 3D models for film. Just go watch uh, The Harder They Fall. And I really need to register my IMDb account to take credit for that. Um, I, I talked to the director about that, by the way. I was like, hey, I wasn't in the credits. He's like, yeah, we actually had to look this up with legal. <laughs> and so... And so he goes, you need to go on IMDb and you need to talk about what you did for us. He's like, you can prove it all with your contracts with Netflix, et cetera. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'll do that. And I haven't done that. And it's been like six months. Um, it has a few things going on. Yeah. But with capturing reality, it's also great for historical preservation. Also think of like archaeology, really great for that. But I would not count on capture reality for providing accurate or precision measurements, especially 3D measurements, meaning verticals. So if you're in archaeology, something like Bentley might be a better solution for you. And, you know, we're digging into Bentley right now and they have hundreds of products, like hundreds of them. And they are also coming up with lower barrier to entry programs that really help pilots um, break in and get the best of Bentley. Because in my humble opinion, Bentley is by far the best lifelike 3D model generator, but it's also an accurate precision generator. So for our archaeologists out there, yes, you can do everything in Pix4D Mapper. And for 95 to 99 percent of your clients, it will be it will suffice your data analytics needs. But for some, they want to go deeper. And that's where Bentley comes in, which I did leave off of this mind map because the cost of Bentley is pretty high. So that said, moving on, we've got Drone Deploy, another cloud-based software. By the way, capturing reality, reality capture, whichever name they use during, depending on the day of the week. That is a desktop-based software. I mentioned Optelos is cloud. Drone Deploy is cloud as well. One thing I want to say about Drone Deploy, I've mentioned this correction before, but we've talked about it once for doing 3D models, and it did do a good job of creating a 3D model, but there's no way to tie complex acquisition data sets together to get one point cloud and one beautiful 3D model. I literally had to dig, 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 dig dig to be able to figure out what it's doing, the formula it's using. And while I still think drone deploy has many great uses, 3D modeling is not it. So I just want to put that correction out there. But the fastest and most accurate ortho mosaic generator by far is going to be drone deploy. And drone deploy is also great for 360 imagery. Think of Matterport, but in the sky. Think of having an ortho and then bubbles over it. And these beautiful 360 images that are super high detailed that provide a, a really amazing perspective for construction sites, especially industrial construction sites. 
Now, it's also great for interactive modeling. So let's say that you do a 2D map, a basic 3D model, but you also have interior data. Well, last year, Drone Deploy put out a beta version of being able to merge all those data sets together, which had promise. Um, Haven't done an update on that just yet. Another software that's important for mapping, not really photogrammetric, but still important, is going to be Matterport. Matterport is great for interior 3D modeling. So it's really great for those realtor tours. It's really great for uh, remote uh, logistics. Uh, A lot of people in construction are using it. And honestly, it does open up a lot of doors to be able to know how to do a, a Matterport model. That said, I've also got on here uh, in the top right quadrant of this mind map, Esri and ArcGIS. For most of you uh, geospatial intelligence officers, you're going to have a lot of familiarity with Esri, with ArcGIS. But I also need to put out a very important piece of information because I feel like we've had to answer this damn question a dozen times in the last (laughs) week, right? Of, you know, can you teach me how to use Esri? Can you teach me how to use their photogrammetry software? And over and over again, I'm like, you know, it's just a dumbed down user interface of Pix4D Mapper. Because what I think is an important distinction that a lot of people need to know, a lot of these cloud-based softwares use Pix4D Mapper as the base engine and just change the user interface. Is Esri one of those? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's... I don't think most people know that. I don't think they do either. This is why it goes back to Hervakin's rules of being a lawyer or living in a civilized world. Always check your sources. So... Um, (laughs) you know how I am about that. Um, so that said, uh, if you are getting into cloud-based software, consider what engine it's using. Now, you know, one thing, again, I didn't add on here that, uh, it's just, just came in my mind and I, I want to give them, uh, some credit because their mapping acquisition software we have trained on for, I think, six years now, which is Maps Made Easy. They did generously give us credits to run uh, data products in their new cloud-based system. That is Pix4D-based as well. But what they did is try to help people who um, they're trying to get in for cheap. They're trying to get their feet wet. So you can buy credits for Maps Made Easy and process your photos. Just make sure that your oblique um, tilt or your tilt on your photos is no greater than, say, 70 degrees. That's the one flaw that I personally don't like, but a lot of people still find a lot of use with Maps Made Easy. So I think it's a phenomenal software. Okay, let's get into thermal. This is also going to be very limited compared to mapping because I would say my knowledge set is more photogrammetrically based. Thanks to OnGood, thanks to McGill, thanks to Pix4D, rather than thermal. Just because when everyone was diving deep into thermal, everyone was like, oh, we got to get our ITC certificates to be FLIR rated, blah, 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 blah. Well, I quickly learned two things. Number one, the school that gives the certificates for thermal certification is actually owned by FLIR. And so it's very proprietary based. And I think that there's a lot of room of improvement. And it's one of the things that I've wanted to teach on. That also said, I noticed a much more important thing that's a lot less uh, pessimistic or personally biased, which is that a lot of the tasks that we thought thermal was being used for, most companies find too cost uh, inhibitive to use thermal. Things like power line inspection, things like um, cell tower inspection, things like um, 
commercial roofing inspections. The cost of thermal is still so high that it's inhibitive for a lot of enterprise level companies to use it at scale. It's just, it's really not there yet. Where is thermal being used? Well, let's talk about Raptor maps. Nikhil is probably one of the coolest guys in the whole industry. And if there's one guy to know, it's him. He's the man. I mean, there. I feel like in the drone industry, there's a lot of profiteers. And then there's a very small group of passionate, driven, always want to do the best that they can kind of people. Um, you know, when I think of those people, I think of like Rick Bowman, GPC. I think Nikhil from Raptor Maps. Uh, you know, John McBride, the guy's got a heart of gold. And he, uh, yeah, I'm not going down that rabbit hole, but he he's <laughs> a, that guy is an angel if there ever was one. Um, let, let's see, uh, other people that are the fabric of the industry. We talked about um, Andrew Asher from Lucid Drones, really, really determined, good guy. Christoph from Pix4D, phenomenal. Um, you know, there, there's really a small group of people. Uh, the owner of Freefly Systems. Oh, gosh, I forget his name. But he's extremely passionate and driven to provide the best that he can. Um, but otherwise, you find a lot of profiteers, really. And honestly, when you're passionate about something and you dive deeper all the time, you kind of get... Um, what's the word here I'm looking for, Rob? Not disappointed, but... Uh, uh, to- I never say his name right. It's like Tab, though. Tab or Tob from Free Fly. Tab um, for Shao would be my guess. Yeah, know. he's amazing. But when you are passionate about flying and you dive really deep to be able to teach people the best information possible and you run across these profiteers and these beltway bandits, as I call them, um, you get really discouraged by how they have such high-level positions and pay and they really don't know what they're talking about. Um, and that irks me and Rob has had to work really hard on me to, uh, not, um, poke the bear. Let's just put it that way. Well, it's about focusing on the positive and doing everything you're talking about. All these people do. Yeah. The other crap takes care of itself. You know, that's a good point. And I need to remember that because oftentimes I'm so good at finding the negative and then I get into a negative rabbit hole and it's not healthy. Okay, we're moving on. (laughs) Uh, So FLIR has a software too. I believe it's FLIR business tools or FLIR image something. Um, And they do, you know, you can do image interpolation, processing, organization, et cetera. I really don't have a lot of uh, experience with that software. So I really can't speak from a point of experience on that. Last thermal, you can do thermal based mapping and modeling with Pix4D Mapper. So I had to throw that into thermal. But honestly, I really think Raptor Maps, if you're doing solar inspections, thermal sensors, you got to have the right kind of thermal sensor. This is where a lot of people get screwed over by uh, talkative salespeople. They don't get a large enough sensor or it's not radiometric or, you know, and they can't do some of these drone jobs. So, you know, when you are buying a thermal sensor, really be cognizant of the size of the sensor. Is it radiometric? Can the drone fly autonomous flight patterns with ease? And can it reorient the drone from the flight path? That's going to be crucial for a lot of the thermal stuff that you're going to be doing. Okay, last softwares. And I had to touch on this because, you know, we've talked about mapping, we've talked about thermal, and there's so many deliverables from those two verticals alone. But obviously, we've got to talk about videography, we got to talk about photography. And I feel like when it comes to being a good drone pilot, you've got to know how to edit video because you you need to know what it takes to create 
spectacular imagery that really draws the audience in and is able to eloquently tell a story. So you got to be able to edit. So whether you're using Final Cut Pro or maybe an alternative like Premiere Pro, you need to be familiar with those softwares. Taking it one step further, if you're on the Final Cut Pro train, because maybe you like to pay for software just once and not every month, um, then uh, you might want to get familiar with Motion, uh, which is the animation side of Final Cut Pro. Or you can just do the lazy hack that Paul does and use <laughs> plugins for those animations and various elements and whatnot. Now, if you get into Cinewhoop drones, you're probably going to try to get familiar with a program called Real Steady. But again, I have to say that GoPro stabilization is pretty amazing. So Real Steady is going to help you create really steady shots from non-steady video, okay? Another software I think is important is Insta360 Studio, because if you attach a 360 camera to any of your drones, you get some of the coolest marketing videos possible, marketing photos. You also get that magic carpet effect where people can look at a video on YouTube and move it around and be able to see what's going on. And in order to do that, well, you've got to know 360 editing software because most of the files you get out of these 360 cameras have to be transcoded into something that's usable. So... Lastly, if you want to take video stuff to the nth degree, you're going to have to get to know Blender. Why? Because you need to get into building animations, which in my humble opinion is a vertical and opportunity in itself. Moving on to photo softwares. Now, I know we've had previous instructors that have recommended various softwares, but honestly, with the advancements that Photoshop has made, I'm still sticking to Photoshop and Lightroom. I use Lightroom for stacking. I find it the best for stacking images. I don't like the HDR features on most of the drones. I like to stack my own stuff. And then Photoshop, again, you know, a lot of people loved Aurora. What is it? Aurora HD or Aurora something because um, it had the best sky replacement. Well, I think Photoshop did a phenomenal job with sky replacement. So I'm sticking with Photoshop and I'm keeping my software bills to a low level. All of that to be said, I hope that this provides good information on softwares, but hand flying skills. But I just want to recap all of this by saying, don't forget when you're focusing on you know, what software is to buy, it's probably going to be dependent on who you're serving, who's the audience, and then who's that audience and what's the deliverable that you're creating for said audience, which is why I want to bring up this last point, which is the lower left quadrant of this mind map, which is all about recurring revenue jobs, construction, solar inspections, roof inspections, communications or cell tower inspections, power line inspections, and yes, drone delivery. So that said, also consider not only the audience and the deliverable, but consider the frequency of those jobs. You do not want to have to live the sales cycle of get lots of clients, service them, and now you have to go back to getting lots of clients. You want recurring revenue jobs so that you get to a point, and I feel like this is where a lot of entrepreneurs um, fail to see the forest for the trees. You want to get to a point in your business where you are either a contractor, a small business owner, and you're creating your own six-figure job. And that means that every week you're pretty much doing the same stuff, right? You're doing construction job Monday. You're doing um, a solar panel site Tuesday, Wednesday construction. You want to get into that rhythm because a lot of people and entrepreneurs specifically don't scale their business. They don't create systems to make everything that they do easier and more efficient over time. That's the only way you're going to make more money. 
And by bringing on these recurring revenue jobs, you are creating those systems inherently and you get to a point where you don't have to work 14 or 15 hours a day every day. You get to a point like I feel like Glenn LeBay is really at this point where, yeah, Glenn, you got to wear a lot of hats. But at the same time, I feel like you're in this position where you have a general sense of what needs to be done every single week. It's kind of a nine to six job. It's not really uh, a 17 hour day every day anymore, but it takes work and it takes uh you know, also the power of delegation, which is probably the very hardest thing I've had to learn. Even this morning mm. on our walk, I was like, we need to hire a damn article writer. I can't do this every week. Like, you know, especially for the staunch uh, entrepreneur, delegating is, is challenging for sure. But I think you make some great points as far as that being the goal to get those recurring revenue jobs. But I would also add, make room, leave room for the creative or whatever it is that really jazzes you, right? Because otherwise, you're just going to be in a different rut. It'll be an entrepreneurial rut instead of a normal day job rut. Um, so just be cognizant of that. That's all I'm saying. I think it's an evolution too because you're super creative at first. You create these systems, these recurring revenue jobs, but over time it's going to get boring. And over time you're going to want something new to re-spark that creative fire. And you've got to have flexibility to be able to explore other quote-unquote verticals that drones serve. So, yeah, one of the things that I admire in a lot of um, successful entrepreneurs is that ability to say, you know what, I'm done with this, um, whatever this is, whether it's a business, an idea, whatever, but they have the confidence to know I'm going to go do this instead mm -hmm. because that's what drives me energetically. It gets me jazzed. It gets me up in the morning with excitement. And I always uh, really look up to entrepreneurs that have that instead of holding on to whatever golden nugget they might have created. And uh, I don't know. I think these are just things to think about as you contemplate everything that Paul's just mentioned. Wow, what a what an amazing presentation! What at the? Uh, what do you mean? What? No, I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, what are you talking about? Well, I'm, I think they know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that he asked this question, and then there's the answer. Um, software for various types of verticals, and obviously, this probably isn't 100 percent of everything. It's almost impossible to do that. This mind map would be like the one on the door, where it's like full door length. Yeah, the one that got ripped down. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyways, it's very uh, thorough. At least uh, gets you sort of a launching pad opportunity. So well, that, that's and, what I mean. And, you know, Rob, like what would you say in regards to how many softwares there are, how many verticals that you can serve? What would you recommend to these pilots on trying to... You know, not everyone has 10 grand they can spend every month on software. And and ultimately, when you think about how many softwares we've listed, it could easily turn into that. And so what would you recommend to pilots who are, whether they're entry level or whether they're established and they need a little bit something new to re-engage that inspiration, that motivation? I mean, what would you tell them as far as isolating potential options and selecting those instead of, you know, trying each one? Well, I think one thing that I would tell them, it's sort of like, I, I think of an, an analogy of moving to a new area, which we may or may not be doing. No, I'm kidding. We are. And needing to sort of re-network and find resources that fill needs that you're going to have in your life, right? So what do you do? 
you start to get connected in various ways. And then with those connections, you branch out with more connections through referrals and, hey, who do you use for this? Because you learn to trust somebody. And so you decide if they do something well or if they know somebody that does something well, I can probably trust that person to do something well for me. And so my point in mentioning that is to be a part of a community. And I really do not mean, maybe it's just the way I'm wired at this point. There's this inherent bias. But I really do not mean to just tout drone you at this point. It, it could be another community, a Facebook group, whatever you like. Obviously, we love our community. But get involved with a community that can help you kind of flush out some of the opportunities because, man, you could totally easily, I'm guilty, or at least I used to be, I've gotten better of having the uh, paralysis analysis or analysis mm. paralysis, I'm sorry. That is a real potential issue. But if you have people and you say, hey, I, well, I'm looking at doing this, this is what interests me, you got to try this. And so, for example, what's really stuck out to me is the whole Photoshop thing. And huh. and the reason it was like a short blurb, right? I think you spent 20 seconds on that. But it's something that you've learned. You know, you know there are other options out there that other high-quality people use. But it's what you like. It's what you know. It works really well. And so if you're somebody who's looking at being involved in photography and you really love it and you get excited about it, if it were me – and I'd been involved with Drone U, for example, and I knew that that's what Paul was using, why would I look anywhere else? Well, that's a good point. And I mean, you know, kind of to piggyback on that point, you know, you think about what type of softwares do you need in order to successfully run your business, whether you're a drone pilot or not. At the end of the day, you're working with media, that media turns into data analytics. That's mapping as a whole. But in order to run your business, you have to be able to use Photoshop. You got to be able to market yourself. Mm -hmm. You've got to be able to edit video, you know, and you even might even want to be able to create basic maps to be able to essentially showcase the power of data. And so for me, I feel like that there are certain softwares on here that you don't really have a choice that if you're going to be an entrepreneur you're going to be marketing your stuff you're going to be essentially trying to use your own skills to show you and your business off to get new clients there are some of these that you kind of have to know yeah you do I would agree with that and the other thing is that have a plan because don't go buy it and we get a lot of these questions hey this is what I'm thinking um, planning for this, thinking of this software, which those are great questions because that is somebody that's developing a plan before they go do it. Be careful about the analysis paralysis, but having a plan and knowing exactly what you're going to do when you get that software is a great starting point. You don't want to just buy it and then flounder not really having a plan of how you're going to at least try to use it. So know up front what you're going to try to do. You know what I find is that a lot of the people that we have come to our in-person classes, that's how they think. I get a lot of those questions from people of, I'm thinking about using this software, but I actually thought investing in this class would, it sounds like I'm touting drone use stuff again. It's just, I can't help it. <laughs> but I want to do this class because I feel like it'll make me more well-rounded and give me the knowledge that I need to decide what software to go use. And so it's like the cart before the horse, I don't know. Um, it kind of depends on your situation. But having the education so that you can make those determinations is important as well. I think, honestly, you also hit the nail on the head as far as learning styles. And over the course of the last 30 years in the development of the Department of Education, the amount of money that has been spent has only gone up and the graduation rates have only gone down. New Mexico is a perfect example of that crap. And I honestly think it comes down to learning styles. Um, when I went to school in Europe, it was so eye-opening on how unbelievably different 
the learning style was. It's experiential learning, which means, yeah, you might sit in a lecture hall for half the class, but in the United States, your entire semester is going to be that lecture hall. In Europe, half the time is lecture hall. The other half is going out into the real world and doing it or experiencing it or uh, having visual representations of, oh, that's Baroque, you know, architecture. And that's, uh, you know, I forget all the other ones. I'm sorry, architecture teacher from Prague. Um, but um, <laughs> Uh, but you have this, you know, experiential style of learning. And it goes back to what we were saying just in the last show about psycho cybernetics. And it's like, in order to achieve what you want, you have to visualize it. But that's where most people stop. In order for it to actually work, you have to literally try to dream it, experience it and see what the consequences positive and negative are going to be like. And then you can really see yourself in that position and and get up there and earn your way up there. And so, you know, I know, again, touting drone new classes, but look, we're reluctantly grateful for the opportunity to teach, but also take it to the next level and, and really strive to do it better than everyone else. Because if we do it better than everyone else, then that means we're the best resource that we can be for you. Mm-hmm. Now, that said, our classes are experientially based. If you think about mapping, it's the same. We're doing acquisition exercises. We're doing processing exercises. You know, some classes, they do three exercises. We do seven. So, I mean, it's really, I think, comes down to learning style, Rob. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that. And I, I just kind of wanted to dig more into that. I know yeah. we're kind of getting on our soapbox here. Um, but at the end of the day... Um, you got to think these things through in order to make the right decision and having that plan, like you mentioned, um, I think is so crucial. And I think it's like, who do you want to work for? What kind of money do you want to make? Do you, you know, you got to think about those things and then go into now, how do I build those deliverables? Yeah, I would really like to know um, more from Felipe as to where you're located, why you think those particular verticals are potentially beneficial to you. There's there's a lot I'd like to learn as a case study just because of this conversation and, and the questions that he asked. But um, so maybe he will hear this and send us a note because it would be really interesting to hear some of that. Just kind of like because, – because I think that um, sometimes – and I'm not saying this is necessarily you, Felipe, but we just kind of throw stuff against the wall to see what sticks. That's me. That's me. That's my personality type. Well – there's something to be said for shoot and then aim. Not instead of the old aim, 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 and you may get to shooting someday, right? So there is definitely that. But uh, anyways, I would just like to learn more, like I said, as a case study to see if it uh, is something that's uh, been thoughtfully produced in in his case, which I guess it is. Couldn't agree with you more, Rob. I mean, as I say, aim small, miss small. Uh, as I said in the movie The Patriot, which mm-hmm. we also said in Lacrosse all the time. But I mean, I think also yeah. environmental factors are big and we didn't yeah. even really touch on that because right. you could literally be in Miami and have a boat tour business and have an add on for let's go fishing with a drone and, you know, have a little dropper that, you know, has a fish in there and they they get a swordfish to just jump out of the water for a picture opportunity. I mean, people literally have entire businesses on that stuff. So uh, environment. That's a cool idea, actually. <laughs> Rob, let's just sell drone you moved to Kauai and start some drone tours <laughs> deal drone experience trainings will be a whole new level we love the mountains but if you uh winners up north that might be the next step <laughs> hey I'm, I'm game let's do it let's do it um but uh you know rob i think we did a uh 
a very comprehensive job at answering this question because as drone pilots, again, whether you're entry level or maybe you're stuck and you're just trying to get into something new to reinvigorate that spirit, you know, there are so many options that you can take. It's almost overwhelming. And, you know, having that plan that Rob discussed, having comprehensive information, but at the end of the day, you got to try these things yourself. You got to see what you're comfortable with. And learning mapping is hard, but I have found that the most challenging tasks are often the most rewarding. Well said. Rob, grateful to sit next to you, buddy. So um, two last points I want to say. If you do plan into going into business with other people, again, entry or your new business partners, it's like a marriage. (laughs) So you better be prepared and think of it like that because if you don't, you might – you might get caught in a bad situation. Also, if you're going to delegate any of these tasks, you will waste a significant amount of money if you do not have a basic fundamental understanding of how these things work. Otherwise, you will get taken advantage of online. Uh, it's it, it's practically a cliche at this point. So Your odds are high for sure. You got to know how to delegate. That's a Rob thing. Um, and you got to know what you're talking about. Um, so anyway, that's going to do it for us today. Hopefully this helps you out. If you have a question, ask Drone You. If you want to join us for a training, we got a lot coming up. In fact, we need to make the latter year schedule. We do. Um, and uh, We need to go out east. I want to do Honolulu. Okay. So now that all the mass mandates are done, I want to yeah. do Honolulu. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. If you want to join us for that in-person training, thedroneu.com. Grateful for all of you out there. Grateful for the opportunity to use our passion of flight to help other people. So that's going to do it for us today. This is Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone You.